And we know that if the community is going to continue to move forward, it continue, it needs to continue to grow and to change. We can't just sit and go, you know what, we're fine exactly the way that we are. We, we never want to change from where we are, because if you're not moving forward, you're dying. And this community tends to recognize that. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, I'm kicking off a four-part series on the beautiful city of Holland. And we're lucky enough to get a slice of time with the mayor of Holland, and that would be Mayor Nathan Box. Mr. Mayor, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me today, Cliff. Thanks for having us in here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up? Absolutely. I actually didn't grow up in Holland. I grew up in the center of the state in Mount Pleasant. Bounced around a little bit, but that's where I graduated from high school uh, and then came to Hope College here in Holland, Michigan, met a local girl, got married and settled down and have been here since the mid-1980s. As with all stories, sometimes they just start with, there was a woman. That's right. She captured my heart and we've been married now 31 years. So now you've actually built up, you've got a lawyer practice here. Yes. That's in the area. And you've, at some point in time, you decided to throw your hat into the political ring. Why did you decide to do that? I did. I was always involved in the community. I started out as a community volunteer at our local Lakeshore, our local Habitat for Humanity affiliate. I was on, over the course of the last 20 years, on 15 different boards, committees, and commissions from the library to hospice to the Tulip Time Board. I was actually the chair of the Tulip Time Festival for the 85th Tulip Time and really for a long time, thought about the idea of being the mayor of Holland, but really wasn't ready to do it, both in terms of I had a law practice and a young family. But a few years ago, I realized our youngest daughter was going to be headed to Michigan State. She's a senior at Michigan State this year. And my wife is a school teacher, 33 years teaching. She's going to be retiring this spring. And my wife looked at me and said, if you want to do this mayor thing, you got a window of time to do it. <laughs> so as a new empty nester and somebody who I knew my wife was going to be retiring in a few years, I decided to throw my hat into the ring, and I won. And so I've been the mayor of Holland now for three years. I'm in the middle of my second two-year term. I'm up for re-election again in November and running for that third term and absolutely love the job. In my mind, this is the greatest job in the world. It's There's no better job than being the mayor of the greatest city in the world. Ooh, okay. We'll explore that claim in just a second. What I want to do is circle back because you were talking about how you've been on all of these boards. Yes, Obviously, community involvement is something you are passionate about. Absolutely. Where does that come from? I'm not sure. My, my folks were teachers, educators. My dad was involved in some board kinds of things. But even as a student in high school, I was the student body president and involved in youth and government. And for me, that's always just been a passion to give back to the community. The mayor of Holland, that job is a part-time job, as you mentioned I'm a full-time attorney, and it actually costs me money to be the mayor of Holland. I do get paid to be the mayor, but I get paid $13,000 a year to be the mayor of this great city. But the amount of time that I spend for that $13,000, I could be making a whole lot more money as an attorney. But I think it's really important for all of us to give the what we have, our gifts and our talents, back to our community. I'm a government Agreed. geek. I really like the government aspect. I've been a tour guide for the, for the Tulip Time Festival for 30 years, so I really like to promote the community as well. And those are two things that are really important when you're the mayor of a small town. You need to understand how government works and how the system works so that you can move projects forward. But you also need to be the promoter in chief of your community. And I really relish that role in Holland. 
So now you step in your role as mayor. What were some of the challenges that you came that maybe that you had inherited from previous administrations or something along those lines? I'm blessed to be standing on the shoulders of giants. We have had great leadership in this community for many years, but I was elected, first elected in November of 2019, was just understanding the job, getting my feet under the ground. You drink from a fire hose for those first few months. Yes, you do. And then in February of 2020, just three months after I was elected, COVID hit. Yes. And the whole world turned upside down. And so all of those things that we knew and all of those systems that were in place just got thrown out the window. And so what we did as a small community is, is looked at what our situation was. And we said, you know what? Every single day, we're going to make the best decisions that we can based on the best information that we have available at the moment. And we don't have a health department here. We don't have health experts here in Holland. So we relied on the state and the federal government and the county to provide us with that health information. But we worked very hard to be good leaders within the community and to provide a sense of calm. We started right out almost the, at the very beginning in mid-March when the whole world shut down. We started doing a series of mayor messages that were referred to as fireside chats where I would do a, a video every Tuesday and every Friday letting the community know what was happening, what changes were in place, what they could expect. And we actually received several awards and a lot of accolades for the way that we handled the, the pandemic here. And our philosophy at the time was calm, confident, competence. And we just hammered that throughout the entire pandemic. And Holland did really well compared to other communities. We didn't lose a lot of businesses. We really kept our heads about us. And we came through, matter of fact, the summer of 2020 and the summer of 2021, were some of the best summers our local businesses and restaurants saw in their entire history because we as a community rallied together to be able to support each other through that pandemic. So that was the biggest challenge that I've had to deal with as mayor. Now coming out of that, we're dealing now with kind of the regular operations of government, but have a, an awful lot of transformational projects going on in the city as well. Cool. I want to make sure that we dedicate some time to talk about those as well. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about Holland fared very well. You and I were talking before I hit the record button about how there's the tourism side of Holland. There's also a manufacturing side of Holland. There's mm -hmm. economic development. Let's talk briefly about the tourism side sure. of Holland. So talk to us a little bit about that. Where do you see that going? Yeah. Holland has always been considered a big, a big tourist community. One, because we're on the shores of beautiful Lake Michigan. We also have a wonderful inland lake here as well, Lake Makatawa. And we're known for the Tulip Festival, you know, that in May, every single year, the tulips bloom in Holland, Michigan. We have four and a half million tulips in the ground just starting to sprout out now. So I encourage people to come and visit us those first couple of weeks of May. We'll have all kinds of gorgeous tulips and activities going on. And that is a real economic driver for the community. In 2015, we did an economic impact survey in terms of what money does tulip time bring into the city. And it was determined in 2015 that Tulip Time, over the course of a 10-day festival, brings $48 million of new economic activity. Sweet Moses, that's awesome. That's a lot of money for a, a city of 33,500 people. And that those are dollars that would not be spent in this community otherwise. So that's a real driver for that just beginning of the summer. And we have folks then that, that come to our beaches, that enjoy our great town, our great downtown and our great activities that happen spring, summer, and fall. And we'll talk in a little bit about some great things that we've got coming now for the winter season as well. But Holland has always been known as that tourist community, especially because of the Tulip Time Festival. 
Now, for the money that's coming in during that particular time, and I'm asking this question because I know that there are some communities out there that seem to hang their hat on one festival a year, and it seems mm -hmm. like that's where 80% of the revenue comes from, is from a two-week period. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit more about other events that are going on throughout the year to help keep the economy going. Yeah, we've got an incredible downtown group, and I know that you're going to be talking in some of the other series, one with Tulip Time, and Tulip Time works closely with our Visitors Bureau and then we also have what's called our Principal Shopping District, which is our downtown merchants have an association that works together to do projects throughout the year and activities throughout the year. And we try every month or so to have something going on in the community to bring people in, whether it's Girlfriends Weekend in the spring, whether it's ice sculptures in the wintertime, whether it's Fall Fest, to try to drive people into the community to get those heads in beds. But we have a major attraction here, and that's the Lake Michigan Beach, and that's the yes. Lake Makatawa Waterfront. And so people come with their boats. They want to stay at cottages in the area. They want to stay in the hotels in the area to enjoy what West Michigan has to offer in the summertime. And that makes it very easy for people to come in. And what it does then is it drives people into our shops, into our restaurants. And if you haven't been downtown, we have one of the best downtowns anywhere in the country. And as you drive through, the biggest complaint that people have is it's hard to find parking. <laughs> uh, and we have free parking everywhere in the downtown Holland area, so you never have to pay to park. And we have a couple of great parking structures just about a block off from downtown. And one of the biggest challenges we have is trying to train people to go, you know, you can walk one block to get to downtown Holland right. from that parking structure. So there's always parking available. It just might not be right in front of the exact place that you were headed. Now, we covered a little bit about the tourism side. What I'd like to do is start poking around the manufacturing side, mm -hmm. Holland as well. Because I have to say, I kind of like this like multi-segment approach. It's not like Holland is purely driven by a tourism industry, but you have these other industries as well. So talk to us about the manufacturing side. We absolutely do. We, and we've always been a manufacturing community. Where I like to say we're a community that makes things. Historically, we've been known for boat building. The Chris Craft Corporation was located here. The old mahogany nice. runabouts were made here in Holland, Michigan. We're also a center of office furniture manufacturing with the Hayworth Corporation. Herman Miller is located here and a steel case in the Grand Rapids area. So we've got a lot of office furniture manufacturing. Also, Baker Furniture was located here. So fine home furnishings. The Howard Miller Clock Company located, yes. located right here. So beautiful grandfather clocks as well. And we have for years been tier two and tier three automotive manufacturing company. We make the sun visors here. We make your headliners. We make your armrests. We make your trip computers. We make the mirrors for your automobiles here and glass for your automobiles. And in the last 10 years or so, we've started to make batteries for electric vehicles. The LG Energy Solution Company has been located here in Holland for about a decade making batteries. And just in the last year or so, they have decided to quintuple the size of their facility here. That's a five-fold increase, a $1.9 billion investment in the city of Holland, 1 million square feet, 1,200 new jobs, $10 million in a revolving fund for housing, because housing is a challenge for us like it is for many places. Ottawa County is the fastest growing county in the state of Michigan. Holland is the biggest city in Ottawa County. And so we see a lot of that growth here as well. So we are destined to be a, a center of automotive manufacturing because an electric car, the heaviest component, the most expensive component of that car is the battery. And so now that the batteries are being made here, we're starting to see more tier two and tier three manufacturers for electric vehicles 
locating here because they want to be close to where that battery is made. We also make ice cream. Your listeners are probably familiar with Hudsonville ice cream. I love Hudsonville. Hudsonville ice cream is made right here in Holland, Michigan. They have the largest walk-in freezer in North America here in Holland. We also make more lasagna here with Request Foods, frozen lasagna. We make more frozen lasagna than anywhere else in the world right here in Holland, Michigan. During the pandemic, and as I said, we fared very well. When other communities were seeing a drop in development, we had 500,000 square feet of new commercial construction start in Holland, Michigan during the pandemic. Last year in 2022, we had $2.7 billion of new investment in Holland, Michigan. That's wonderful. We are a city on the move. And remember, we're only 33,500 people. So we do have surrounding townships that are absorbing some of that as well. But we're seeing the vast majority of that is done right here. Another great example, Tommy Car Washes. If you've ever seen the automated car washes, made here, designed here, shipped all over the world from Little Holland, Michigan. That's awesome. We're going to explore some of these, some of these things when we come back from our break to thank our sponsors. So see you in a few minutes. If you are enjoying this episode, well then let me tell you, there's plenty more interesting stories to come. Michigan is full of people doing extraordinary things. And you can get these great stories sent directly to your inbox. Just go to totalmichigan.com slash join. Enter your email address and join our community. When you do, we will also send you our top five interviews, the powerful lessons we've learned from these people, an invitation to our Facebook group, behind the scenes stories and pictures, as well as advance notice of upcoming guests and events. Just go to totalmichigan.com slash join. It's fast, it's free, and it's easy. Sign up today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Ordinary People, Extraordinary Things. I'm talking today with Mayor Box out of the city of Holland in Michigan. Mayor, before the break, you were talking about really all this wonderful industry that is coming here. What I'd like to do is take a step back and explore a little bit about the history. Now, has Holland always been a city of tourism and manufacturing, or did it start out as tourism and then manufacturing joined it? Or how did that work? Originally, it was manufacturing. The tourism piece of it started, we had been around the turn of the century, 125 years ago, a place where people would come from Chicago and St. Louis and Detroit and spend the summer. And then in the late 1920s is when the, tour, when the Tulip Time Festival started. And that drove a lot of the tourism through the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. And now we're seeing a lot of that beach tourism that's happening as well. We've got some projects that are happening in the city of Holland to make Holland rather than just a three-season destination, but a four-season destination. As a city, we are very forward-thinking. And I'm talking about both the people that live here, but also as a government, we're really very forward-thinking. Our philosophy is that public investment can then create and become a driver for private investment in the community. And we've got some great projects that we've been working on, some that have already passed and are on the drawing board and are in the implementation phase, and a couple of others that we're still waiting for some approvals along the line and hoping that they're going to come to fruition. But just as an example, one of the great tourism-based ones that we're doing is we are going to be building a world-class ice skating park here in the downtown area that we're going to be breaking ground for in May, just after the Tulip Time Festival. And the impetus of it, that's a great story. The impetus of this project was a retired school teacher. There's a retired school teacher in town. He's in his mid-80s. 
He realized a few years ago that he had more money than he thought that he he needed. He never married, never had kids, and he sat down with his banker. And I can share this story because he's shared it many times. The gentleman's name is Frank Cry. His banker said, oh, Frank, you're a millionaire. And Frank goes, I can't be a millionaire. I'm a retired school teacher. He goes, no, you aren't. He goes, I don't need a million dollars. And so he came to the I city. I wish I had that problem. Yeah. And he, said, he came to the city <laughs> and he said, if you get going on an outdoor ice skating rink before I pass away, I will give you the first million dollars. So a retired wow. school teacher donated a million dollars to the city to, for this new ice skating rink project. It's going to be not just a pond of ice, but there's also going to be a ribbon of ice that goes out into the park. Frank said he wanted curling. There's going to be curling. Frank said there wanted to be, he wanted there to be hot chocolate. There's going to be hot chocolate. There's going to be skate rental. It is going to be, for a city of this size, again, the best skating facility that you've seen with chilled ice. So be able to skate four to five months out of the year. As you may know, we have heated streets and sidewalks in the downtown area. Yes, you do. So the area around the rink will be heated as well. There'll be heated benches and fireplaces, and that'll be done, ready to skate for the winter of 24-25. I really pushed hard to get it for the next winter season, but I'm sure as everybody who's listening knows, there are issues with supply chain and there are issues Permits with getting the and, workers and yes. all of those mm -hmm. things that we had to push it back. But we're going to start construction right away this summer, and then we'll be ready to go for that that in a year and a half for the ice skating there. And what that's going to do is not only be a great amenity for the people that live here, but what it's going to do is it's going to extend the stays for people who come here who may have come for an overnight and go, you know what? I can stay and I can skate and I can do not only the things I was going to do, but these additional things as well. So that's one of the things that we've got going that we know is absolutely going to be a real driver for tourism. One of the great economic development projects that we have going that passed just this past year is our city, not only do we provide electricity, we have our own Board of Public Works where we provide electricity, we provide water, we take care of wastewater, and we've been doing broadband internet on a limited basis in the downtown area. We just passed a millage to provide a gigabit speed fiber broadband internet system that'll run past every single address in the city. Just Board of Public Works just voted yesterday to purchase the first materials. We're looking at construction starting on that in the fall. And within about a year and a half, every single person in the city of Holland would be able to sign up for gigabit speed internet up and down for about 50 to $60 a month all in. And that is going to be a project that's going to be an incredible driver, not only for business, but for education and for tourism, what we've looked at during the pandemic is we want to be a city of choice or a community of choice for people who say, I no longer have to live in Los Angeles I get or to in live Chicago. Here. They get to live here. The mayor loves that phrase, and I get to live here. That's part of that driver of we love this town. We have a great pride in our community, and we want others to know that as well, and we want to create that. So there's two things that are going on. Third one that we have that's actually up for a vote in coming up in May. We are a lakefront community, but our downtown is not connected directly to the lakefront like a lot of our neighboring communities are. Grand Haven's right on the water. Saugatuck's right on the water. Muskegon's right on the water. South Haven's right on the water. Holland has always been a little disconnected from the water, partly because we were an industrial community. Certainly. And we've got great industrial uses there. But we've been involved in a five-year pro process asking the community what they would like to do with some waterfront property that became available. We, as I said, we generate our own electricity. Four years ago, five years ago now, we put our own, put a brand new dual stage gas-fired electric generating plant in and decommissioned our old coal-fired plant that sat on the waterfront. That space is now available. 
and going through this process, we are going to be creating a new, if this, if it passes and the mili- and the vote's got to pass to allow the city to sell the property, a marina, restaurant, condominiums, ice, ice cream shop, all right on the waterfront connected right to downtown, including a cruise ship dock. Ooh. So we are looking at having more opportunities to connect downtown to the waterfront and the waterfront to downtown here in Holland. So lots of things going on. That's just three. Sweet Moses. So let's talk a little bit, because you made this comment before, and I want to make sure that we really explore this. You made a comment about how there's some things that are in place to make Holland a true four-season destination. Absolutely. Is the ice skating rink a part of that? It, it is. Okay. It is. So we have the largest, already have the largest snowmelt system in North America. We've got five miles of sidewalks that are heated with wastewater from our power plant. We've got about a mile of streets that are heated. Yes, we heat them enough so that it melts the snow in the downtown area. We are gonna, that's on our eighth street, which is our main street. This coming year, we're gonna be expanding that system into, onto sixth street, which is where the new ice skating rink is gonna be. So two blocks off from town, connecting through and putting, as I said, we have public investment that we hope then drives private investment. We are investing as a city $9 million in new infrastructure projects in the downtown area this summer. We're already starting to see, and that's in, that's in addition to what it's going to the about nine or ten million dollars it's going to cost to build the skating rink. But we're looking at getting donations for the skating rink, and that's going really well. We're a community that gives and supports, and I am very hopeful as mayor that the public's going to come out and say we are going to donate the money that's necessary to build this world class skating facility. City, you do the infrastructure for the roads and the sidewalks, and expand our downtown to the north. And then all of the properties in that area that used to be industrial properties or properties that were underused are starting to see additional investment, which is going to allow for that great growth that we need in Holland, Michigan as well. Man, that's absolutely incredible. It's We have a lot of very smart people in this community that are really dedicated to making Holland the best place that it can be. And as I said, I've got the greatest job in the world. I get to work with all of these <laughs> amazing folks some of which you'll be meeting in these other episodes. As I said off, off mic, we are, we're all friends with one another. We're a big enough community that we can do really big things, but we're a small enough community that we all know each other and we like each other and we work well with one another. And we realize that there's an incredible value in us getting along and all rowing in the same direction. This has been a, a great time in the last 10, 12 years in the city of Holland where we have been doing that and it's shown incredible benefits. And speaking of community, because this is something that I have experienced, it seems you got communities like yours Mm -hmm. that are just embracing the change. Let's embrace the future. New jobs coming in. People want to, like you said, it was uh, they want to what quintuple, quintupling the size of the battery plant. There you go, the battery plant. And I know that there are other communities out there that if somebody comes in and wants to open up a plant, bring jobs to the area, the community poo poos it. They're like, you're not, you're not coming in here. What is it that makes that you feel anyways, that the community here just embraces this. Yeah, we recognize that there there are additional ripple effects and value that comes from those things. It's not only the additional jobs, it's the additional tax revenue that comes in as well. And we know that if a community is going to continue to move forward, it continue, it needs to continue to grow and to change. We can't just sit and go, you know what, we're fine exactly the way that we are. We We never want to change from where we are. Because if you're not moving forward, you're dying. And this community tends to recognize that. Now, not everybody loves the idea of change. We're like any other community where there's some folks that said, hey, how are we going to possibly absorb 1,200 new jobs? We all, our manufacturers and employers are already looking for 
employees to come in? How are we going to be able to provide the housing for these folks? And we look at each one of these projects from a holistic approach. One of the reasons why we're putting a skating rink in downtown, one of the reasons why we're doing broadband, one of the reasons why we're looking at additional waterfront development is that we know those things make a community more attractive for people to want to live here. And so that makes it easier for our employers to find those additional employees that they need. We also work hand in hand with the development community in giving them incentives to try to build the kind of housing that Holland wants and needs. City of Holland sees itself as a partner in that economic development. And so we work closely with Lakeshore Advantage, which is our local economic development corporation, with both private developers, but also places like Habitat for Humanity is a very important partner in the community. We have another housing, a nonprofit housing organization called Jubilee Ministries, which is which we work hand in hand with Dwelling Place out of Grand Rapids we work with because we know that by working together, we're going to be able to create all facets that are needed in order to be able to maintain that economic growth. And it's not just bringing in new employees to cover the plants. I was reading a couple of articles online about some incentive programs you got to get more teachers to come into the area. We do. And that's a, and our education system is phenomenal as well. Holland, Holland as a city is landlocked. The Holland public schools are landlocked. We don't have extra land to grow. And Holland, the public schools recently have had a difficult time attracting teachers to come into the area. And this is, again, part of that great giving community that we have. An anonymous donor donated about three quarters of a million dollars to the local schools. <laughs> I know. Nice. Who does that? Nice. Who does that? Three, three quarters of a million dollars to provide uh, scholarships or actually grants to teachers who choose to purchase a home within five miles of the school district. So they get a $25,000 additional down payment toward their home if they purchase a home within five miles of the district and then stay there for another five years. And I talked to the superintendent of schools. Again, mayor and the superintendent of schools know each other well. Oh, we yes. all know each other well in Holland. I said, you know, what about what happens after five years? He goes, once, once they're here for five years, they're hooked. They're not leaving. <laughs> we, got goes, so not, we got an ice skating <laughs> rink and we got, we got all these things going on. So they're not worried about that aspect of it at all. And it has become a game changer for the Holland Public Schools in attracting and retaining great talent to teach our kids. And we know Wonderful. that's an incredibly important piece here as well. People want to live here, but they need to be able to afford to live here. And so we've got to find great ways to be able to do that. And as I said, you know, that $750,000 gift to the schools, the million-dollar gift from Frank Cry for the ice skating rink, which was immediately followed by another million-dollar gift from the jury's family toward the ice skating rink. We're at about $4.5 million in fundraising for the ice skating rink right now. We also received a million and a half dollar gift for our nature center in the city of Holland. We also Beautiful. received a $5 million gift that's going to go toward building a new rec center in the next five to 10 years. How do and I get myself on this gift list? It's, it, it's amazing <laughs> to me. And, it, and w with people having a, an inherent distrust and dislike of government, that for the city of Holland, people come and without us asking in a lot of cases, go, hey, here's a large amount of money I would like to have the city of Holland use to make the city better. People That's trust this city because we do things so well. Great. Another great story I'll share with you. We had a gentleman, again, an anonymous donor was at the local Ford dealership and he was getting, he was buying an, a Ford F-150 Lightning, a $100,000 pickup truck. And he was right at the end signing the paperwork. And then somebody said to him something about the towing capacity 
of the truck. And he goes, oh, that doesn't quite meet my needs for the towing capacity. I guess I'm going to have to shift over to the internal combustion engine one. And the salesman said, okay, well, I'll tear up this agreement that we got for the electric one and we'll get you the other one. He goes, no. He tossed the keys to the salesman. He goes, give the truck to the city of Holland and I'll buy the electric one for myself. That's cool. Just completely out of the blue. And so now our police department is using that as part of their fleet and part of the promotion that they do. They go to summer events with an ice cream trailer to give ice cream to kids to be able to create that kind of great relationship between the police department and the community. And again, it's one of those things where every single week at a city council meeting, we have a list of gifts that we've received from the community. And it is amazing to me as a mayor that people say, we'd like to give you money to be able to make this community a better place. That's just what Holland is about. Mr. Mayor, I could sit here all afternoon and just be entranced by this. I'm really enjoying these stories. If somebody wants to connect with you and follow what it is you're doing, either online, the website, what would be the best place for them? Uh, the mayor loves his social media. That I have my own, I'm at Mayor Box, and then, but the city of Holland has an incredible social media department as well. So if you go to just look up City of Holland, we've got great stuff that's out there, cityofholland.com. And then you'll be talking with, there's tuliptime.com and there's holland.org. So all kinds of great places. One little story I'll tell you, I'm not much of a TikTok guy. I'm in my mid fifties. I don't understand it, but we had a couple of college interns working for the city last year who were dedicated, they were tasked with beefing up the city's TikTok account. And they convinced the mayor to paint his face up like a minion and recorded it. <laughs> and I never would have believed it. Four and a half million views on TikTok for there the city go. of Holland. And I said, I don't understand why it's funny. I don't get it. But what we did is we leveraged these college students to beef up that TikTok account. And what it did is it drove people then to all of the informational stuff that we have out there Certainly. as well. And so we're using all of these tools that we have available. So check us out on social media. Our TikTok account is great. Our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter accounts are great. As I said, I'm Mayor Box or look for City of Holland. Mr. Mayor, it's been great just chatting with you today. I'm going to have to come back because I want to follow up on all these great programs that are going on. We'd love to have you come, definitely come back in the winter of 2024 so you can check out the ice skating rink and we'll see you at Waterfront Holland and you can enjoy the great broadband as well. And for our audience, for all the links that Mayor Box talked about today, you can see them by going to totalmichigan.com, clicking on this profile and finding all the links there. While you're there, don't forget to put in your email address and join our weekly newsletter. See you next week.